Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. And I'm Corinne. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks for listening, guys. We have this thing called a Patreon page. You probably hear us talk about it a lot. And there's a reason that we talk about it a lot. It is our way of paying for this podcast to happen. I know people are like, ugh, podcast, it's so easy. You just get a microphone and record in your closet. In some ways, yes, but we give this to you on a level that's a little bit higher. I mean, sometimes we do record in Rainy's closet. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but realistically, there are some expenses that go into renting mics, um, getting space, um, having materials made um, for our content on our Instagram, um, paying for our hosting site. Mm-hmm. There is some expenses that go into this, and... We would love it if you're an avid listener, if you're someone that enjoys it. Even if you want to just donate a dollar a month, that's $12 that can help us. Yes. So please, please go to our Patreon page. Find a way to support us. And if you can't support us through that way with um, with by donating, you can definitely support us by sharing, leaving us a review. Um, all these things really help us get seen on platforms like Spotify and Apple. Yeah. Patreon is now something that we are engaging with quite a bit more than we were in the past. There's will be content there that you cannot get anywhere else. There will be all of the episodes. There will be fun little surprises. Um, There's lots of stuff that we have planned for our upcoming Patreon page. Yeah. So just think about that $1 a month and all that extra content you can get you. Yeah. This week we have Emily Battaglini. Photographer. Model. She is wonderful. Go check her out on Instagram. Check out her work. I've been a longtime follower of hers, and I was really excited to sit down with her. Great. Here we go. My name is Emily Battaglini, and I am a freelance photographer based in Toronto. Okay, but I'm excited to have you. Thank you I've been for following me. you for four years, I think, for three years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Corinne that before. I was like, I think I've been following her for like a while. Oh, my gosh. Which is... Crazy. I think I just came across your profile and I just liked it. So I so I started following you. It always makes me like nervous to hear that because then you always have a perception, I guess, of who someone is if you've been following them for a while. Right? Oh, I guess But so. it can be a good perception. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I guess... I guess that's like a very true thing. Do you... Because you have like a large following. Do you find that when you meet people that's like their their perception I I think maybe it's just because of how I utilize the app because I really Mm. only follow people that I'm like really really interested in following like I've narrowed it down so much just because it makes me like super anxious to follow so many people or whatever Mm -hmm. it's better to be selective for me so yeah then based off of that I'm really like watching everybody and what they're doing the people that I follow so then I feel like people are doing that with me if they follow me kind of thing but I guess everyone uses it in different ways and yeah yeah but then I'm like, you probably know so much about me because I've shared so you much. You do. You share like very <laughs> personal. That's also it. You share like very personal um, stuff about yourself on the, on the app. But I think that's like part of why people follow you, right? I'm sure, I'm sure you have like tons of people that say that that follow you. Yeah. I think that that's also like when I follow people who are like that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. then you feel like you're friends with them kind of. Totally. And you're like looking into a world that's not just every highlight reel it's more like ups and downs so you can relate to someone more yeah do you feel like your photography is like that in a sense too like what you take pictures of is you're looking less in terms of the highlight reel and more in terms of the real 
thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why, like, I, I, I would say when people, like, shoot with me for the first time, they're really taken aback because I have no idea of what I want to take a picture of until right. I'm, like, in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if me and my friend are going somewhere, and it's usually I'm taking pictures of my friends most of the time, or mm-hmm. I'm utilizing it in a way where, um, like, I want to take pictures of someone, so I'll message them and then we'll hang out. Yeah. So it's always either, like, some sort of organic relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that... It definitely becomes something that's not just like posy and whatever. It becomes something that's like a hangout and like a story. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. yeah How much do you edit in terms of lighting of your photos? Because they have a certain palette to them. So I'm wondering if it's just the camera that you're shooting on or if it's like a post editing. Um, no, I really only shoot film and I shoot on this like pretty crappy film camera that I got at a value village. And, like, it's a different, like, I got one at Value Village. It was how I started shooting film. And now the one that I have is, like, from a pawn shop because they break pretty quickly. Right. But, like, still, just a crappy film camera. And I think it already just gives off that. So I'll put it in Lightroom and I'll, like, look at it in Lightroom. Right. To crisp it up. and But that's it. Nothing yeah, else. Yeah. I'm, like, not a Photoshop person. I don't even have it on my computer. Wow. Like, at all. Even though I went to school for five years. Is it hard? I would assume it's hard to Photoshop with, like, live film. Because mm-hmm. it because of the texture, medium. the yeah. medium and the texture of it. Yeah, it's a completely different, like it looks very different than digital because I shot digital in school. So I think it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And you prefer film. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's because, I mean like that was such a good word you use, organic, because I feel like that's probably also why you like film so much. Mm-hmm. It's like an organic image that you get. Did you develop your own film? No. Oh, no. <laughs> No, I go to Downtown Camera, which is at, uh, like, Queen and Church. Yeah. And, yeah. It's I'd like say that, right down the street, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love, I love Downtown Camera. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're great because you get, like, a discount. You can get, like, a 15% discount if you sign up for it. Uh, oh. Like, a, they have, like, a monthly. No, not monthly. It's, like, a yearly subscription or whatever. You pay 10 bucks. Right. Then you can get discounts for the whole year. So I always go there. I'm faithful. But yeah, they do the developing and the scanning, even though my roommate has, she has a scanner, so I could scan the, the negatives if I wanted to, but I just don't want to. <laughs> I mean, if you're already paying for the service and they're yeah. going to do it for you. Film's expensive to shoot. That's why I didn't shoot it in, in university, because it like really is so much money. Yeah. Like yeah. It's such a luxury to shoot film. So. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved the first time I was like shot on film, when I saw the pictures with them. I shot with Sidonia. Oh, for Madison's work. For a work that I was doing. And I, like, was... I loved it. I, like, love... Probably, like, why you love it as well. But, like, I just love the the nature of how it was shot. It was so tricky because with movement, as, like, a dancer, it's, like, you have... You can't, like, look at me like... You can't take a thousand pictures, right? Right. Because it's real film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was tricky in terms of, like, modeling for it because it was... The posing had to take longer, whereas you could you can just try it a thousand times. You had to like really be still in like a movement for longer. But I was so blown away by the effects of it after I after I shot on it. it yeah, so it's very easy. different. Yeah, I love it. Um, did you get into? Because you just finished at Ryerson, right? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Wow. So I've been out for over a year. Oh. I mean, it was a good year to graduate. Yes. Oh my gosh, I, do- I dodged a bullet for real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you get into photography 
because you were interested earlier or was it because you like already had this interest in Instagram? Because I feel like the two, your photography and your Instagram like go very hand in hand. Yeah, like what are you asking like when I when I became interested in photography? Yeah, and oh. if it was like, if, did you become interested in Instagram first mm-hmm. and then photography or photography and then the platform just came with it? The platform just came with it because it was Facebook for so long. Right. I was like taking pictures in high school. So high school was when I was like uploading all the albums on Facebook. I would make them like <laughs> a certain like, it would be like fall, spring, summer. Yeah. They would all be named after like Bonnie Bear songs. And like, <laughs> it would just be like digital camera pictures of me and my friends. Right. Yeah. So that's, and then when I was in high school, I went to like a Catholic high school. So they didn't, they were like very uh, like mathematics science based. So they mm-hmm. didn't have any. Um, art programs except like one art class so I took that even though I'm I'm not really into painting or anything like that it's just like solely photography for right. me but they had one photography uh, course I guess like or yeah like part of the photography class or part of the art class um, where you got to shoot with film and then develop all your images yourself they had like a cool. weird darkroom setup so that's how I got into like really into photography and then used a lot of those photos for a portfolio to get into Ryerson. Right. To do photography there, so, yeah. Right. Yeah. And how did your <laughs> photography morph and change while you were at Ryerson? I don't even know, because I, I would honestly say, like, I really developed more, like, after Ryerson or, like, oh, when yeah. I took a year. I took, like, a because I did five years, so... There was like a year in my fourth year where I should have done my thesis, but I didn't. I just did all my electives. So I took all these like different classes, Mm -hmm. learned so much more, kind of like decided what I wanted to do with photography, even Mm -hmm. though it's ever changing. And then I did my thesis. So I think at that point is when my photography changed the most. But before that, I would say like none of my work was relevant. Like I hate it all. Why did you hate it? Uh, I was just like shooting digital and I just like made so much of my work about like boys I was like in love with (laughs) or whatever. And it was just like very cheesy, awful. Like, oh, I, no. I feel like every like young artist (laughs) goes through that phase where they like make like a work about, like you said, like about like significant others or whatever it is. And you're always looking back on it like, it's just like very indicative <laughs> of like your life at the time, which I think is fine. Right. And you like look at that stuff and you're like, either you hate it and because you've grown and got better and your perspective has changed or you like love it in like a nostalgic kind of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That time of my life. Right. Or you just. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it was bad for me. Yeah. yeah. You always have to make like kind of bad art before you make good art though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I think like university is the place to make it bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, how you mentioned that it's changed in this past year post Ryerson. I, I guess just having more time to like you're developing your own projects, I guess. So I haven't really been developing many projects. Whereas when I was in school in my last year doing my thesis, I had like two very big projects that I was doing. So working on that as opposed to, and I guess I was, doing some freelance work. Mm-hmm. Like pre-COVID, I was doing so, like at least one freelance gig a month kind yeah. of thing. So. And that's, is that good for still being in university in photography? Like, I don't know. Well, this was the year after I oh, graduated. Sorry, yeah. But um, I like my one roommate. She's in school right now. And she's like still slamming out commissions. She's doing like the most. So I think a lot of people can balance that. She's like not doing any other work besides that. But for me, when I was in school, I was doing 
like full-time work and full-time school. So I didn't really have time to do commissions on top of that. But mm -hmm. then when I graduated, I was just doing full-time work and commissions. So, mm -hmm. yeah. More time to pick stuff up. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've had like more time to really think about the work in this past year mm -hmm. and like take your time to do what you want. Mm -hmm. And develop what I liked. Like once you get out of school, you can, it's like you read for pleasure, right? When right. you're in school, you're reading for courses. Mm -hmm. And then when you get out of school, you're like, this is what I'm actually interested in. Yeah. And then you can really hone in on that, which is what I did. Yeah. Or like I'm still doing, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I think you've said that like a thousand times. Like when you don't, if you're not in school, you don't have like deadlines. There's not the, that project you need to finish and you can really take your time with something. Yeah. I also found that doing your math, like I did my master's. I just finished mm. it last year. And I found that doing your master's was like university and high school. I fucking hated it. I mean, high school, everyone, I get it. <laughs> if you're thriving in high school, you're probably not like thriving now is what I, yeah. <laughs> I like to Whoa. think. You peaked in high school. <laughs> yeah. That was some serious shade. Well, I, it wasn't meant to be. I was just like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. High school sometimes, unless you're at an arts high school, it like definitely benefits people who are like academically smart in terms of like math and sciences mm -hmm. and less towards the arts people. Yes. Um, but I feel like once I did my master's, I loved it because I got to read and like write and work on things that I was actually interested in. Whereas even in my undergrad, which was dance, still dance, mm -hmm. yeah, I was learning about a lot of shit that I just didn't fucking care about, you know? And like, like you said, spending time on projects that just like helpful. If, it, if it's like a history, that's totally different because everyone needs to know their roots. But like some courses that I like just didn't need to do, you know, and I never was going to use. and when I did my master's, I felt like it was such an in-depth dive into like work that it, you just, I had more time to like think about it. And I was actually like passionate about how the work came out and less like throw it together as fast as possible, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that there's definitely a difference in terms of like arts education. I mean, I'm sure with any master's or graduate program and how you perceive the work, but. Yeah. And it's just like the difference between like course guided work I mean, you still take courses in your master's, but like yeah. you're, what you're thinking about is very self-guided. That's exactly it, yeah. your master's. That's what I've heard at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I really felt like I benefited from it as like an artist. What um, did you do your master's in? Um, master of Fine Arts in dance, but I work with specifically in immersive and site-specific dance work. Yeah. So it was really interesting wow. to yeah. me. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Also another degree, which like some people can say is not necessary, you know. But. I've, I've heard that a lot of masters are like, you can get grants to yeah. finance it all. It, they paid me to do it. Yeah. So I've heard <laughs> that. And I'm like, I don't think a lot of people know that. And that's the problem. Yeah. The thing with your yeah. undergrad is it's really all a money scam, right? Oh, but yeah. yeah. But some seats, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it was like they pay you to do it. And it's really beneficial as like an artist to do it because so, yeah. you can, like I said, you take that time to figure out exactly what your artwork is. Then you have this whole like portfolio and platform of something that you've created that's like been like- Researched. Researched and like money provided from the university to like present, right? Mm -hmm. So I I really enjoyed it. I know you can teach as well. Yeah, you teach that too. Yeah. <laughs> I roll. <laughs> um, something I find really interesting about you, Emily, is that you use your Instagram you have a lot of followers and you like, it's very authentic, but you use it in a way that's like not 
and we said not hype and it's not like benefiting it's like benefiting you because it's like probably cathartic for you but you're not like like getting income from it yeah is that right yeah yeah you're not using it as like a way to like you're not using make, it to, to become an influencer no you know yeah <laughs> no um have you like ever thought about it in a way especially as an artist because we're all broke all the time <laughs> as like a way to kind of like become an influencer or to become like monetarily provided from that platform like yeah I, I would say that there are some times where I, I get offered things like yeah. where it's something that I'm really interested in and then I don't feel like sharing it on my platform is inauthentic but I think something that can really be difficult if you're an influencer is just being your most authentic self right and so for me I don't want people to have to follow me because they just expect to see more ads or have to see more ads or have to buy something yeah yeah because right. I think our, our world are, I mean with with beauty standards with body standards I think mm. that yeah people are gonna really try and sell you things all the time to make you think that you need that in order to feel a certain way about yourself but for me it's like I use it as a photography platform so I can post my work and I don't really need to receive any monetary, like mm -hmm. anything from that. If people see my work and they like it, then they can book me, they can right. message me to do something with me and that's really great for me. And then in terms of brands reaching out to me, which they do sometimes, it's beneficial for me if it's a brand that I really like that yeah. I'm like, oh, my platform would also benefit from this brand. Mm. And then in that case, you know, sometimes they'll just send you something and then you get to showcase that on your platform. So for that, I, I totally think that that's something I also enjoy doing with the platform because I know I have a, a decent amount of, of followers. I think that's really beneficial if you're a photographer trying to make it, yeah. especially in Toronto so or any big city. Yeah. So, yeah, but I don't think I would go any further with it. Like, it would be too stressful also. Then I'd be, like, focused on what everyone's thinking of me every yeah. second. I'd always have to post things. and Also, I, like, yeah. you would, like... I would I would find it hard not for people to lose that like authenticity. Yeah. Do you have to constantly like align with someone else's brand, yeah. and not not your own brand? Mm -hmm. Well, like well, that's why a lot of influencers are doing their OnlyFans now, right? Because then they don't have to align with like their Instagram can be just restricted for whatever the brand is, and the OnlyFans can be for whatever else they want to do. Interesting. Yeah, I've I've been looking at that on. You've been thinking about getting an OnlyFans no. rating? No, 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 no. Wait, are you saying that it's more than just like posting nudes you can Oh, like yeah. yeah. I've yeah. also heard of like um, fitness people using it. So yeah. you pay a monthly subscription, they put videos up rather than they're like oh. posting free shit on yeah. other platforms. Wow. Like, lots yes. Of models will post like pictures on their OnlyFans that are more like not risque, but their photos are already risque because they're like right. in bathing suits and naked, but like with like joints in their hands because like they can't do that because right. sometimes brands won't send them on branding trips because of that. So right. they get to send it on like a, well, they get posted on like an OnlyFans platform. So it can be a little bit more like risque. Mm -hmm. It's because only for sex workers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess you're thinking most people who are influencers have to have some sort of upkeep on their yeah. brand. That's yeah. the thing, yeah, your, your page becomes your brand. And that's kind of scary. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, do you feel that way or no? Mm. Not really. I think my, my Instagram, if like someone's been following me for a long time, they've seen a change, but that's just because my life has changed. So like when I was in school, I was posting different things. Now I'm posting different things, but like, I don't think that would have been as, um, yeah, like as authentic to me had it been something where I was making money off of it and right. had to upkeep the amount of followers I had and 
always like hashtag and work at things. I just feel like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it makes me less stressed. Yeah. I don't have to care about like how many likes I get on things or whatever. Yeah. You can just post it yeah. for you. Yeah. Which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is probably, I feel like started using um, the close friends thing more and I've started hiding my story from certain people. Oh, I hide my story from certain people for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Really? I, I also have you. blocked so many people. Like Sorry, anyone not. who triggers me in any sense, like I'm block, 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 block. Do you get trolls a lot? Do I get trolls? Ah. Uh, no, it's just mostly like actually people that I've interacted with <laughs> that I just don't. Yeah, just, I'm really like, ruthless with that and like unfollowing people that I don't like. Even if we're still in the same friend circle, I'm, yeah. I'm ruthless about it because I just, to me, it's like more about my own sanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's something you're scrolling through. Yeah. I didn't stop following like clothing brands because of that because it like just like makes me a want to buy things that I don't fucking need. Mm-hmm. I've stopped following fitness accounts because yeah. I'm like, I can't watch you work out all the time. Like I, I yeah. feel like shit. 2020 was about unfollowing fitness brands and following therapists on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my new favorite Instagram medium that's happened is like the therapist coming in and like doing TikToks and stuff. And you're like, ah, I also feel better about myself now. You know, it's just, yeah. But I feel like there's, there's like kind of two signs of that where there are those people who are looking for that hype, looking for that hashtag, looking for those clothing brands. And then there's people who are using it in a way just to like be themselves, you know? Yeah. But it's like hard to sometimes figure out which one's which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I feel like I've met like all my friends and everybody I know on Instagram. So wow. I'd say like that was the most beneficial part of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone in my life that I know. Yeah. <laughs> There's like three people from, from university. There's one person from high school, but everyone else is from Instagram. Wow. Which is just wild. And you shoot your friends a lot. Yeah. 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 They're all very, very cool. Literally, I feel like I'm so blessed with the coolest group of friends. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you say like when you shoot someone, it's almost like a love letter to them? In the sense that, like, it's, I feel like yeah. you shoot your friends a lot and things, places and stuff that you like, like, because you shoot in your house a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like spots that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think whenever I'm with my friends, like, or just in general, I could be hanging with someone for the first time, but like, if I see them in some sort of light, because they just lose that like stiffness that you get when you take pictures of like mm-hmm. people you don't know, yeah. which is something right. that I struggle with a lot, yeah. um, is, and something that I am realizing is probably going to hold me back from being like a big photographer in my life is the fact that I just like, I just don't like it. I don't like the stiffness that comes with like mm. having to shoot someone for the first time or like someone that you'll never have to interact with again. I think mm. my work is very like personal, which you can make personal work yeah, and, and make money off of it. Just more commission based yeah. probably than like ad based. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. When did you first start having that realization that something like that would hold you back or maybe hold you back. <laughs> we don't know yet. Yes, you're so young. I think it was also just even, it was It was probably like in January. In January, I went to LA, um, but I wasn't doing any photo work. I was actually like a, hired to be like a model for this uh, clothing brand. So I flew to LA for a few days and I was being photographed by this lady. And it was like the most, it was like a great time, but like the most stressful experience of my life. Like I felt so uncomfortable, not like having not really modeled before and like having all these lights around me and like all these people around me and then her just like flashing the camera 
and you have to like do a new pose every second. Yeah. Right. Um, so that is just like a specific type of photography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, that is a specific type of photography, I guess, that's so like more fashion based. Yeah. But I realized like that is something I never want to do because I was stressed. She was probably stressed because you could tell that I was stressed. I looked at the photos after and I was like, I hate all of these because. Was she not like giving you like direction or she wasn't like she was but like it? i am so stiff like mm. i also just like i'm not a model like why did they hire me to do this but like no complaints because i went to la but <laughs> yeah it was just very like yeah it was very stiff um and i think with my friends like uh, none of my friends really are models but when you're hanging with hanging out with someone that you love dearly who trusts you dearly like you you lose that stiffness for sure mm -hmm. which is what i loved mm-hmm so. so you wouldn't do a brand shoot anymore? Um, like, I would because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I also can't say no to anything. That's right. the thing. I'm yeah. very much like anything that will help me, even though I'm anxious about it, I'm going to do it. But it's something that I probably wouldn't search out on my own. Yeah. As That's opposed fair. to like, yeah, just mm -hmm. taking. It's not that I even enjoy taking pictures of my friends. And I also don't not enjoy taking pictures of people for the first time. I think it's just more so like, yeah, the interaction that you have with someone when you're taking photographs. It can mm -hmm. be very stressful or it can be very casual. And mm -hmm. I think I would prefer to be casual for both me and the person I'm taking photos of. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That like posing every minute is crazy. <laughs> but just... some people are great at it. At posing, but like I mean, that's models. Fucking job, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what models do. <laughs> no, it's so weird, like model, like the term model, right? Like it's just a weird thing. I feel like it's like your the term model we have, or the, I feel like it's evolving now, like the idea of what a model is, because mm -hmm. like, yes, it's like it's like more body positive. It's like yes. more inclusive. It's like it's so, representation, so much more beautiful. But it, I was gonna say, and it's also is more casual now, isn't it? It's not as like yeah. glam Victoria's Secret yeah. as in hair yeah. extensions. It's frozen hair extensions. <laughs> it's a lot of brands are opting for that more, and this is why Instagram is so popular, and why brands are like pulling people from Instagram is because real people like wearing their stuff, taking a picture in it. Mm -hmm provides them it's cheaper for them first of all and yeah. then it like provides them with like a good image to post on their site of like a person who is doing something else who's like an everyday yes. person right you now do either of you follow parade uh i no. don't follow them but i like i know a lot of my friends who like pose in their underwear and like love it so oh. there's like this underwear brand that and basically their entire Instagram is like they send their underwear to people and they put, they take their own selfies in their underwear and like the way that they feel comfortable. And that's like all of their branding basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. It makes it totally inclusive because then anybody can be sent it and like yeah. enjoy mm -hmm. it and it doesn't make it like they're just sending it to like specific influencers. It's being sent to everybody, yeah. which I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. We just had an entire conversation about Kendall Jenner. Kendall, the inappropriate things that Kylie and Kendall Jenner have been in. Yeah. Oh. Like the videos. And like the Pepsi commercial yeah, a few years ago. The Vogue like dancer one that she did on point that was crazy. I feel like they're so controversial and sometimes I'm like, how are you guys still like relevant? Yeah. Like I, I wonder that. I mean, they just canceled the show, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. Uh, you do post a lot of like body positivity stuff or you used to. I know that you do post stuff like that. Yeah. Are you comfortable talking about that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, ah. I love body positivity. Yeah. Yes. What, I guess, what 
why do you post so much about that? And I it's like, I'm very interested in that. Like, I think that's like the original reason I started was like, I saw a post from that following you. And how, how does like that, how does like your relationship with your body as a photographer affect your life? Mm. Oh, those are, yes. Um, I would say like I started on Instagram when I had an eating disorder when I was in high school. So I think I'm 24 now. So I, I mean, oh my gosh, dates I don't remember. But I graduated <laughs> high school in 2014. So let's just say 20, 2013 was probably when I started on Instagram. And it was completely, I was using it for such a different thing at right. that point. Like I was using it very funny. I was using it to like, uh, blog to had this like top 50 brunch places in toronto yeah. and that is what i used my instagram for i went to all top 50 brunch places in toronto and like took pictures i was the person with my phone like standing on a chair <laughs> at every place taking photos of like my food and it was like yeah. a way for me to post about i was eating this it made me like very motivated to go out and enjoy toronto yeah. and enjoy all the food they had to offer which was something i struggled with a lot in high school so it was a big coping mechanism in that sense and then I started posting more about my body, but it was also hard because I was not at a place where I was healthy enough to be posting about my body mm. and make it like, oh, this is something that everybody should be talking about. Even to this day, if I still post about my body and I'm like, body insecurities, I even had one girl reach out to me and be like, your body's not that like big and you're talking about having an eating disorder and all this stuff and like, it's not proper representation because, and I, I mean, that in and of itself, is a conversation that needs to be happening like yeah. what somebody's idea of like somebody who has an eating disorder looks like yeah because it comes in all shapes and sizes right. and right. is not um like limited to gender or anything yeah. like anybody can have it's a, it's a mental health problem not yeah. necessarily like um about who you are right but yeah so i think that's like why i post a lot about my body because i struggle with that still to this day i would say like i don't have an eating disorder in the sense that i'm like counting calories or but it never really leaves you. You're no. always like, like I guess body dysmorphia, like everybody struggles with it, but yeah, it's a daily thing for me. So whenever I can post about my body and before it used to be so that people would message me and be like, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Right. It was like the affirmations, like I loved it. I used Instagram for a really long time in an unhealthy way, like right. getting people to validate me. But now, so it's more about like, this is who I am, I really am, proud about who I am some days and some days I'm not so like anyone yeah yeah and then I would say in like my photography it comes out because for so long I used to take pictures of like my body and so that's how mm. I used it I would like um yeah like set up my little like canon point and shoot and like stand there and like take pictures of how I looked so I was always using that in that sense and then taking pictures of other people I was always looking at how they looked and so I think that that to this day is something that I'm trying to like break barriers with, mm. you know, having it not be always like focusing on what people look like and how they should look, but rather like the story that comes with photography. Right. So it, I think it's still in my, my photography now, but right. not as much so as it was before because it's not so much as, as as rampant in my life as it used to be. Right. But will always be there. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one thing that people don't understand about eating disorders is that they don't really go away. And it's something that no. you're, most people are constantly thinking about, constantly managing, yeah. you know? Yeah. I also think like every single person has had body dysmorphia. Oh yeah. You know? 
the way that we see ourselves. recognize it. Yeah. yeah. It's very different. Do you, My mom was telling me that the other day. She was like, everybody has body dysmorphia. Yeah. yeah. Do you recognize it when, in your friends, when you shoot them? Like if they look at a picture and they don't, don't like it? Yeah, that's probably the one, the worst part about it is like, and it happens, right? Because yeah. I'm the same way. Like someone will take a picture of me and I hate it. And so that happens when you take pictures of people and it happens. But I think a big thing also is just uh, consent throughout photography, right? So like if right. I take pictures of someone and they don't like them and I ask them like, can I post these? Are you comfortable with that? And they don't like themselves that scratch the whole thing, you know, right. <laughs> don't post those pictures. Like if they, cause it's all about how they feel. And if they don't like how they look in the photos, it's not about me as a photographer. It's just about mm -hmm. their own preconceived ideas mm -hmm. of themselves. Yeah. I feel like consent is such a big discussion in photography and on social media and right now. Um, how do you broach, besides like asking your people that you shoot to, if you can post something, how do you bro approach it in a photo shoot? Um, because you shoot so casually mm -hmm. and you shoot your friends and... I think a big thing for me, I guess with consent is like, because my the one thing I really want to do is like documentary work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of documentary cool. work is like photographing people that I don't know, but you could just take a picture of anybody on the street. But it's candid, right? Yeah, yeah. but I think that it is important to like ask people for for consent, even if you're never going to talk mm -hmm. to them again. Yeah. And I actually like had that happen. I was in Mexico in January and. I don't speak any Spanish, but I just like learned how to say like, can I take your photograph or whatever? Mm -hmm. And like, I would go up to people and be like, hey, I think you look so good in whatever you're doing. Can I take your photo? And like, that's really important because like the way that you're uh, like, I don't know, I guess it's more so like what you do with the image afterwards and like right. having, having that trust at least. I think it's the bare minimum you can do is ask somebody if you can take a picture of them or if you right. can use yeah. their picture for something, right? Especially if you're gonna like yeah. publish it or make money or yeah. do gains from it or get yeah. gains from it, yeah. How often though, when you ask someone, do they like freeze up or like or say become no. <laughs> less candid, I guess, become more? That's the hardest thing. And that's yeah. also something that I struggle with because I'm like, there are moments where you see like, I saw some guy like cleaning out his gutters, like looking, the sunlight was, on him everything was beautiful around him and i'm like oh, i want to take this picture but if i ask him to he's going to turn around it's going to disrupt the moment but i think sometimes you just have to accept that that's what that is and that moment is just a moment in your head and it's not worth you taking the picture and if it is worth it and you want to ask him then right. yeah mm -hmm. but i think that it does kind of right. disrupt a little bit of the what you see versus what you get Mm -hmm. And sometimes people say no, actually a lot of the time, which is why most of the time I don't actually ever do it. Like yeah. it's something I really push myself to do because I love taking pictures of um, just what I see around me as part of like documentary work. But yeah, asking people if you can take their picture is very stressful if you don't know them. Mm -hmm. And then also asking people that you do know that you're doing taking photos of in like a photo shoot. I think having that consent all the time is really right. important and then after the photo shoot like if someone doesn't like the pictures again it's all about consent and what they want with it right but i guess if you're working for i don't know how it works did you guys read the the um what was it this post that uh emily the model yeah she yeah. like uh was talking about consent with with this one male photographer she dealt with so mm -hmm. i think that that in and of itself is like a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like it has to be an ongoing conversation in moments like that right like you have to have the power as if you're being photographed or in a rehearsal or in any sort of creative space to be able to say no and if you don't feel like you have that it's probably Mm -hmm. not a safe space to be yeah and like also understanding within yourself like when you're uncomfortable for good reasons and bad reasons right right like when you're uncomfortable because you're like this is nerve-wracking and i need to i want to try this versus when you're uncomfortable because like something bad because someone is like yeah, taking yeah. advantage of you or right yeah there's a difference between like being nervous and like about the situation because you've never done it before or because someone is like it's like good pain and bad pain yeah right. <laughs> yeah yeah or like not giving you the power to say no yeah i've like been really interested in doing like um uh implied nude or nude photography like as a model just like as a person in front of the camera just to i don't know quarantine made me feel like really disconnected from my body as Mm -hmm. like a dancer and a performer and i was like oh maybe like me experimenting in this realm would a be fun yeah um b be exciting and like make me look at myself a little bit differently um and it would like push me a little bit but i would never but i would have to like really trust that photographer Mm-hmm. And, like, it would probably take a long time for me to, like, get nude in front of a camera. Right. And it would start with, like, little clothing. And then I would, like, with that ongoing consent issue or the ongoing, yeah. like, yes, push me. But if I, like, push back, then that person, like, needs to. Yeah. You need to have, like, experience in that in that type of, like. Work. And I would probably only shoot with a woman. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, a very specific few that I follow on Instagram that I know have, like, really good consent practices and, like, are really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And are like really experienced like in this kind of zone because that's a really vulnerable situation to yeah, like yeah. be nude in front of a camera like i think that there needs to be consent even with like the photographer asking to touch your hair asking to move mm. your body asking yes. to touch you in any way like and the language that yeah. they use to coach you and guide you yeah that's very true in documentary filmmaking or like what you're interested in what are like the main types of work, like the most successful types of works that are happening in that genre? Mm. There's this one photographer that I follow on Instagram and his name's Raheem. Uh, I don't know where he lives, somewhere like in Austin, Texas, something yeah. in the States. And actually like I've watched him from when he didn't have really a following to now he's photographing for the New York Times. So oh. I feel like that is like, where I would want to be, mm-hmm. like where I would, and he was really just, I don't know how he even got picked up. I follow actually a few people whose work I love who shoot for the New York Times. I think that that is like, and they're all photographers doing incredible work. Mm. And I think that the New York Times is like a, a pretty good platform in terms of documentary photography. Right. Um, but it's also difficult because I would say like National Geographic's, but I also like struggle uh, with like some of National Geographic's ethics, like even the idea of like sending white photographers to Africa right. to photograph, yeah. like you're gonna get the white gaze looking at like African culture when you could just yeah. hire somebody who is a photographer there to document their own, um, yeah, their own community. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's a big struggle. And I mean, as a white photographer, that's also something that I'm struggling with now. Mm-hmm. Is uh, if my voice is relevant, and why do I think my voice is relevant, and if it's not something that I think is relevant, how can I uplift other people and other people's voices? Which is, I think, a big uh, topic in documentary photography with being a white photographer. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. But lots of success. Lots of my friends uh, 
have been doing really cool things. Friends, a loose term yeah. used to describe <laughs> people you follow on Instagram. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Um, I guess in your email to us, you were talking about kind of like struggling if this is something that you like have the makeup to do. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah, just I think it's really, it's cutthroat, especially in Toronto. I think the Toronto art scene is honestly like judgy. It's rough. <laughs> it's mean. Like there's a lot of mean people and it's very cliquey. Yeah. Like there's the people that everybody knows that are doing the things that everybody wants to be doing. And then if you're not in that circle, it's very hard to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be a go-getter. You have to like do the most always. And sometimes that I really struggle with that. So I think that that's really where I'm being confronted with stuff. Um, and also wanting to do documentary work. I want to do, if we're talking Toronto, I would say something I'd really be interested in working or doing is uh, like homelessness advocacy. Like mm-hmm. I think that Toronto has a really big issue when it comes mm-hmm. to how we handle and treat some of our most vulnerable. Um, but something that I struggle with when it comes to that is like, oh, see, I lost my train of thought. And I don't even remember what I was talking about before uh, that. Yeah. Struggling, struggling with, in the community with shooting homelessness. Struggle. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I guess. <laughs> That's so sad. But um, yeah, just just like trying to figure out how to get into that. Um, like I guess volunteering. But and I I've like emailed a lot of people to volunteer and to work with uh, people who are experiencing homelessness in Toronto. And I like every single time, even if they email me back, I always get too scared to go. And that's something that is, I think, something that I struggle with is that I really have all these ideas to do the things that I want to do. But then when it comes to actually doing it, I think it's social anxiety or something just like holds me back from doing that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I'm struggling with in Toronto with trying to be like a photographer right now. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's like across lots of arts pl- platforms and stuff and tr- genres in Toronto is that it's clicky. There's certain circles that do really well. There's certain people that like kill it. And then there's everybody else. Yeah. Um, I just like read an article recently um, talking about the people that get grants and keep getting grants all the time. And like the people that constantly get funding are the same fucking people. Mm-hmm. So, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like how to, how do you disrupt this platform that's like so ingrained in like this idea that you have to be like good at writing and good at selling yourself and good at all of these things that, to have access to the money that you need to like yeah, do stuff. It's like, it's yeah. fucked. <laughs> also, there's like something to say about just like not having like convincing yourself not to go someplace. Oh, I like yeah. have convinced like myself, not as much in the past like couple of years, but for like a while, I would like convince myself not to go to auditions or like gozies. I would like be like literally ready and out the door and be like, I'm not gonna make it. And it'll be like an hour and a half before. Be, yeah. like, I guess I should not go. Yeah. And then just like lay on my couch and feel sad for like two days. Yep. Yeah, it's time. Just, and like, is that social, it's interesting. Cause like, is that social anxiety? It totally could be, or is it also just like, not feeling like it's confident being, enough is it being your worst enemy yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think sometimes like you just need to be like it's okay if i make a fool of myself today or like it's okay if like just like just go to the thing mm-hmm. just like literally get on the train and go to the thing mm-hmm. yeah 
Because if you're on the train, you're going. Yeah. I've done that too, where I'm like, I'm probably not going to get it anyways. So yeah. why would I like waste my time? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you have to push yourself. And it's hard when you're your worst enemy or like what's going on in your head is different than what you want to be doing right in real time so yeah yeah I think that that's just a, a struggle I uh, for myself struggling with like mental health and then also being a photographer I think they go they're 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 completely intertwined for yeah. me just because mm-hmm. when with your mental health that's your that takes up your whole life, you know? Yeah. People don't realize that, that that's like the first thing you got to focus on in anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. It's just very true. Mm-hmm. Question. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Right now, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right now I'm I'm struggling to be an artist, I think. Yeah. I think that I, I, it's, it's just. It's a rough time to be an artist, right? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. I think that, uh, I did think that 2020 at the beginning, I was like, this is going to be the year I make it. I really thought in 2021, I was going to be living in New York, working at Aperture. I thought that in my head, that was like the ultimate dream. But yeah. um, I'm Aperture? slowly realizing, oh, it's one of my favorite magazines. Oh, okay. They do this like thing where every year they have like a fellowship and mm. they give somebody an internship. I think they can even, you can be international and do it. But mm. um, yeah, they pay you like, petty cash like $300 a month and to, in New York you can't live in New York with $300 a month so it's really like not actually a great thing but yeah. like you could work at the magazine and it looks great on a CV so yeah but yeah that's where I thought I was going to be in 2021 and here I am jobless <laughs> but I mean, everybody's struggling right now so I think that's just yeah it's the constant slice of humble pie that I have to tell myself too yeah because I was like right there with you I was like 28 28 is my year. This is it. I've also really been struggling because, like, now that people are going back to work, I'm like, is it just, like, the same? Is it going to, like, like you talked about with the same people getting grants? Oh, I was like, is it just the same people that are going to go back to work now in the arts industry? And so we're going to lose entire groups of, like, oh, communities yeah. because it's the same people that are going to be hired back for all the same things because there's so limited op- opportunities now. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be a whole crop of people that have just come out of school or finishing their last year where they don't have like the financial support of parents or they don't have like the like system, like support group of friends that are just going to leave because it's easier to get Mm. a job with benefits or like an RSP, you know, and that's going to be, we're going to, I think there's going to be like a whole generation of people that just walk out. Yeah. And which is like very unfortunate. Yeah. You know, especially as like, it's interesting that like we're saying that as people who have like been out of like school for a while, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about it being like a year out? Like you, like we, you like graduated the at the market. perfect time, but how do you yeah, feel about the job market? Um, I think it's interesting because with like the social climate, everything that's happening, I, I would say that like some people are getting opportunities that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise and I'm mm-hmm. very like happy about that yes so I think that the representation that I'm seeing I'm very happy with that and I can only hope that it like gets pushed further but I just don't think that I'm part of the representation right now that's that's happening so yeah. like I think that for me um personally job market wise um photography job market wise it's looking a little a little bleak. <laughs> also, like it is funny. Um, anytime I go on like Indeed or anything, and I'm looking up like jobs, I always look up like photo jobs. All the jobs are just like taking photos of homes, like realtor photography. I mean, it's, oh. that and weddings is like 
Yeah. But like, it's <laughs> funny because my, I have a brother and he's two years younger than me. Um, he went to school like U of G for like business and he makes fun of me because he's like I'm a professional photographer before you because he is doing realtor photography like he got a 3d camera and he's doing like inside tours of homes oh and stuff God. so like I guess if that's something that you're into the job market is looking great for you but, <laughs> but isn't that fucking soul sucking like it is I and my mom tells me this all the time you know my mom after I, I got fired from my job my mom was like there's a TD bank job in Mississauga like you'll have to commute and I was like mom I'm a five-year like fine art degree student like what am I going to commute to Mississauga for a bank job like and she was like you're limiting your options like you can't be limiting your options now but it's like for me I just think that if I were to get a job right now I would want it to be somewhat in my field of like some sort of creative job not working at TD Bank no sorry mom <laughs> I mean the, the bank job seems soul sucking to me I yeah never I can never. Lots of jobs seem soul sucking. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm like struggling. <laughs> the most soul sucking thing I'll do is serving, and it's you know, mm. it's also soul sucking. Yeah. yeah, but at least if you like the people you work with, you have a little bit of fun while you're there, mm -hmm. and the hours aren't like nine to five commuting on the train. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a little bit more flexible. Yeah, a tad. Yeah, especially if you're an artist, because. I think you'll always have to kind of have a side hustle or like expect to have some sort of high side hustle. It's and like that's 1%. Just... Even like the people who are doing the thing that you want to be doing right now, they're like on unemployment for two months out of a mm -hmm. year probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you the know? reality. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable thinking that I'll have to either be a barista or like work as a server in my spare time or like do anything really to make ends meet. I don't think that it's it's a bad thing to think that mm -hmm. or to have that no yeah i've also met some of the best like greatest friends through mm -hmm. those kind of jobs and like had some of the like funnest experiences so mm -hmm. i think it's okay mm -hmm. i also think it's nice to do something outside of your field sometimes so, so you don't have to fucking yes. talk about it all yes. the time <laughs> i think that's true imagine i don't know because i i haven't like been a full-time photographer you know having but I, I couldn't imagine like doing that 24 7. like i would right. probably be very drained yeah. yeah it wouldn't be as fun to me so yeah that's also something Ooh, that's very interesting about, about yeah. like like it becoming like a job yes yeah you know so sometimes when you like when i go to the restaurant and i get to like not talk about yeah what i'm doing you know they're like hey just like how's your day mm -hmm. or they were like talking about like work bullshit and we're like gossiping you know <laughs> mm -hmm. it's yeah. like sometimes a relief yeah, and pro I don't think I'd ever be able to, like, live with someone that, like, was also in the same field as me. Like, you said you live with someone. Yeah, I mean, it's especially because she's still in the program. Oh, yeah. But it's also completely different because now it's online. I don't really know how, like, arts university students are going back to school online. Oh, Ryerson, right? Yeah. Okay, it's going back because they, Maybe because they need the facility, probably. Yeah. yeah. I assume that, like, physical practices, like photography and stuff would be also only they're only allowed to use the studio three times out of the whole semester what and it's still the same price for school which is crazy because that's insane yeah, yeah. like the image arts program at Ryerson is like one of the best photography schools in Canada but it is expensive because of that and it's expensive for the facility usage and so not using the facilities I would want it to be 50% off at least yeah. <laughs> but of course they're not going to do that no. Or like people going, I mean, for like movement practices or acting practices and doing it on Zoom. Oh, yeah, like, like how? Do you know what York's doing for dance? Online Zoom. I saw a post 100% the other of day. Uh, I don't know. I saw a post the other day that there was doing practices on Zoom and it's like people in their houses doing it. And oh. I was like, 
Wow, that is insane. Because just because like I'm really noticing that I'm losing focus as like a dancer and like mm. really questioning like my own practice because it's like in such a small space and like in my house and like I like really like dancing because it's like around people and it's like physically exerting and it's like I'm performing and like if you take those three things which is essentially what COVID has done away from like the art form then like yeah. do I even fucking like this yeah you know like it's just how do you you're I feel like it's just like there's such a specific type of work that's going to be made it's like all going to be like screen technology stuff yeah and like if you don't like working in that medium then like go fuck yourself I guess because that's like you're not going to be able to go mm-hmm. perform for a while so yeah. I don't see my like self choreographing anything anytime soon. Yeah, I'll like shoot for other people. I'll like edit for other people. I'll direct for other people. But I like am not in the mindset to like mm. create movement because I, like you, mm. I feel like I get so much creative energy from other people, mm. and I like need to mm-hmm. be collaborative. Like yeah. I need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't do that in my apartment. Yeah, nor do I want to. <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. You're realizing that like what can exist in like the covid world because who knows how long we're going to be in this world for right like well knock on wood vaccine by the end of the year yeah (laughs) vaccine what'd you say vaccine by the end of the year oh vaccine yeah hopefully who knows also like what does that mean yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) very strange um but is being an artist fucking killing you yes yeah, yes. an artist is fucking killing me. Yes. Yeah. I was like looking at you for validation that it was time. I like didn't I didn't trust myself anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you think it will in the next? Do you have any moments where it's like a high high? For me, like still being able to take photos now, seeing my friends more um, in like safe spaces. Uh, and being able to like take photos, send them, get them developed, looking at them, that makes me feel great. Uh, so I still have, I think, some hope. Mm-hmm. And I think that you always have to keep working at what you want to do if you really want to do it. Mm-hmm. So the passion's not gone, even though I am having a bleak thought on what Toronto means to me anymore. <laughs> right. You know, I think everybody's having time now to just think about it. And mm-hmm. my only hope is that I can get any sort of job that I'm somewhat sort of interested in that's above minimum wage that will help me <laughs> during these times as I can continue to take photos and yeah. enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank yeah. you for having Yay. me. Where can people find you? Like your website or? Yeah, my website is just my name. So, yeah. <laughs> www.emilybadaglini.com. How do you say your last name? Badaglini. Badaglini. Yeah, I think the Italian way is a little different, but I don't really <laughs> speak Italian, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, let us know on uh, reviews. Email us. Send us a message. Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Google Play. You can find us basically anywhere. Podcasts are available. And check us out. Thank you so much.